Is there hope for the lost generation of congressional Democrats? Hi, I'm Philip Blumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement for the week of April 25th, 2022. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. The Democratic Party has passed over a lost generation of Gen Xers in favor of aging boomers and even silent generation lawmakers for their positions of leadership in the U.S. Congress. Today, the average age of ranking Democrats on House committees, and this is where all the power is in the Congress, is nearly a decade older than their fellow Republicans. The gerontocracy is opposing any attempts to rectify the situation, but younger Democrats may find they have an unlikely ally on the other side of the aisle. Let's discuss these possibilities with Nick Tombalides, Executive Director of U.S. Term Limits. Hey, Nick. Hello. All right, I'm going to set the table with a little bit of data here. Great Star Trek character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's cool, isn't he? But I'm going to start with some data about the leaders of the Democrat-run U.S. House. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is 82 years old. Uh, Majority Leader, Steny Hoyer, is 82 years old. Majority Whip, James Clyburn, 81 years old. And these are the three most important positions in the House. Now, on the Republican side, the Republican leader is Kevin McCarthy. He's 57. And the Republican whip, Steve Scalise, is 56. And I'll throw one more out there for you. Of the chairs of the committees, and of course this is where all the power is in the Congress, of the chairs and the committees, the Democrats, on average, are more than a decade older than their Republican counterparts. So there's a big difference between the two parties. And the biggest thing to explain this is the fact that the Republicans have term limits on their committee chairs. And once committee chairs are term limited, they tend to go off into the sunset because they are, in their eyes, being demoted um, by losing that power. The Democrats don't. And so they try to hold on to it. Now, I think this is fascinating. The big news that's going on right now, and the reason why we're talking about this, is because there's noise on the Republican side that if they take over November, which is increasingly likely, that they might try to impose these committee term limits, committee chair term limits of six years on the Democrats as well. I think that's an awesome idea. Nick? No, it's not. It's. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, does it help a Tell little? Me why. Okay, does it help a little bit? Sure, because the committee system is trash. When someone is on a committee for too long, you know, they vacuum up cash from special interests. You get the banking committee, and all of a sudden, J.P. Morgan Chase wants to hire your drunken ne'er do well brother-in-law as its lobbyist. Right? Everyone knows how the game is played. So, <laughs> sure. So would this shock the system a little bit? Yes, it's better than letting the same people run the committees forever. But let's not pretend this is real term limits, okay? Real term limits are a constitutional amendment. Real term limits are making people pack their bags and go home for good. Real term limits don't let you stay in Washington and keep your seat. That's my soapbox for the day. Okay, and you know what? I have to agree with you on that. Um, you're right. If we really want to reform the Congress, it's going to require term limits from top to bottom. And the advantages that I started to spell out, and I'm going to spell out a couple more advantages of the committee chair term limits, 
are meager compared to what we're trying to do in, in amending the Constitution to impose term limits on the whole body. Well, but, yeah. Yes? Go, oh, go ahead. No, I'll go on my rant later. Go ahead. I'll save my <laughs> okay. rant for a minute. <laughs> okay, because I, I think there is some positive aspects of this and that are worth mentioning. One is the gerontocracy, which is becoming a very real problem. These folks that are running the House right now would all have retired if they were no longer uh, being able to maintain these top positions of power. And I, I think I can say that with some authority because the we've seen it on the Republican side. There tends to be resignations. I mean, from not just from the necessary resignations from the committee chair positions because of the tournaments, but from the whole body by Republicans who hit that, who basically hit the ceiling and then they leave. And so we'd start to see this on the Democrat side. Now, there are a lot of young Democrats being elected to the Congress that are basically have no chance of getting to those positions of power for decades. And it's because these non-term limited and undefeatable incumbents hold those positions and continue to hold them till they're like 80 years old. And so there's a pool of young Democrats that are in their prime that are not sold out yet completely to special interests and whatnot that want to have those positions of power and the system is holding them back. There's benefit in creating some kind of flexibility, at least in the positions of these uh, committee chairs. Well, it's interesting what you pointed out. You said when some of these uh, old codger politicians hit their committee term limit, they leave, they retire, because they've concluded that they've outlived their usefulness. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like a pretty sobering thought, because if that's true, that would mean that only about 20 or 25 people in all of our uh, 435-member house really have the power to, to get anything done. And if you're not the chairman, the, the majority-ranking member, the minority-ranking member on a committee, you're pretty much useless. Why are you even there? Why bother? Well, that is actually fairly true, as you know. Um, uh, there have been many good people that run for Congress, and believe it or not, yeah, some are. They'll run for Congress, and they, they will leave. They get relegated not, and, to the back bench. Yeah, and they'll leave after just a couple of terms. Not because they lose an election, which is pretty much impossible after your first term or so, but that because they recognize that they're so far from levers of power and they could be doing something practical for themselves and the world outside of Congress when inside Congress all they're doing is fundraising and casting votes, um, basically spinning their wheels. Here's a question. There's a difference between committee leaders and members of party leadership, Right. So what we're talking about here is term limits for only the committee chairs. You led off this podcast by saying Pelosi, Hoyer, Clyburn, all very decrepit and terrible. Does this affect them at all? I know Pelosi promised she would stop serving as speaker, but I don't think this affects Steny Hoyer. Well, we don't know if it does or not. I mean, we right now, we what we have is a couple of reports from uh, from the Republican side to some reporters that they're planning on doing this. We have no idea what the what the proposals are going to be. If it's anything like the term limits Republicans have had since 1994, the difference is they're now applying it to the minority party for the first time. I think that's the difference, at least. It may not apply to the Speaker of the House and the whip. It might only apply to the committee chairs. we got to look into that. Yeah, it, it may not indeed, but you know, you recognize, though, that there is a big difference between the leadership um, on both the Democrat and Republican side. The, the fact that people have less time to get done what they want 
means that they filter through the system quicker. I mean, the leadership on the Republican side with the semi-term limited system does create a more vigorous and younger leadership that the Democrats would benefit from if they had it on their side as well. But that only applies to the House, of course. Uh, Republican leadership in the Senate is not youthful. Uh, Mitch McConnell's been there for, I, I think Mitch McConnell fought in the Civil War. He's been around for a right, very long time. Right, right, right. And of course, they don't have term limits on at any level in the Senate. So I think that's evidence that what I'm saying has is true. Yeah, so I would agree with you. It helps on the margins. But to understand what's happening here, you have to understand there are two different worlds. There's the real world where most of us live, and then there's Washington, D.C. And in the real world, the phrase term limits means that a crappy, corrupt senior politician has to pack his bags, go home, and get a real job. Only in the world of Washington, D.C. can the phrase term limits mean something else entirely. It can mean something very watered down, and you know that's what we're discussing here. If the Republicans take back power, they will pass quote-unquote term limits for these chairs, which means that the same ancient legislators get to stay in office forever if they want, but they just can't stay on a committee for more than 12 years. And, you know, last time Republicans did this, if I recall, their quote-unquote committee term limits had more holes than Swiss cheese. You could apply for a waiver and you can stay longer than 12 years if, if Kevin McCarthy approves it. So for those of you who shop at Walmart, this is not term limits. This is great value term limits. It's the discount bargain basement <laughs> version of term limits. Very watered down like the canned soup that I buy from Walmart. A public service announcement. U.S. Rep. Byron Donalds is an African-American congressman and businessman representing Southwest Florida's 19th district since 2021. His district includes Cape Coral, Fort Myers, and Naples. Donalds was an active supporter of term limits as a Florida state legislator, and as he explains here to Forbes Online Breaking News, he has brought his embrace of this popular reform to the U.S. Congress. Do you have a specific amount of time that you think you're going to remain in Congress or that you would like to be in Congress for? Oh, man, you got the, at most you got a decade out of me. At most you got 10 years and then I got to I got to move on. You know, I'm, I'm 43 um, if serving 10 years. I'll be 52, 52, 53. Man, I want to go back and make money like I like money. Money's a cool thing. I want to go back to the private sector and make money. Um, or if you go higher, then you go higher in, in the political apparatus. But I am not a congressional lifer. I do not see myself sitting in the halls of Congress for, for multiple decades. That's just not me. So I'm guessing then you might be supportive of term limits for members of Congress. Very supportive. Um, I'm a product of term limits. I come from a state where you're term, li you're term limited in the state legislature. If there weren't term limits in Florida, I, would, I don't think I would have been afforded the ability to be elected. And if I wasn't afforded the ability to be elected at the state level, I highly doubt I would be elected here at the federal level. Um, I know that the people who argue against term limits would say that well, art, all you do is empower staff or you empower lobbyists um, or you lose some institutional knowledge. But I think the good far outweighs the bad. I think that what you get when you have term limits is you have members who are focused, much more focused on accomplishing what they can accomplish in the time period they're here because there is no tomorrow. In a state legislature, most state legislatures have a specific period of time that they meet because most state legislatures are actually terminated, or term limited, excuse me. There's a specific period of time they meet. So you gotta get it done. In Congress, there are no deadlines. 
The only deadlines we deal with here are debt ceiling limits and we have to fund the government. Those are the two big deadlines here. That's not good enough for the American people. I've always been skeptical of McCarthyism, whether it's Joseph or Kevin Bergen. Uh, I think they want to say they're doing something big without really doing something big, without asking anyone to pack up and leave for good. Uh, You know, I am willing to be open to this, and I'm, I'm hoping that we do see some positive changes coming from it. And I am encouraged, actually, I'll grant you this, I'm encouraged by this one quote I read from, uh, from Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota, who uh, says he's a member of the New Democrat Coalition Problem Solver Caucus. He tweeted, high-functioning organizations become high-functioning by building strong benches and limiting the tenure of leaders, usually less than 10 years. No matter which party controls Congress in 23, we should adopt term limits for committee chairs and get serious about developing a new generation of leaders. Now, here, here. Yes. Call me naive, but I'm hoping that leads to serious discussion on real term limits. Nick, one more last thing about this uh, committee chair term limits. There was a study done, this is about five years ago, by some folks, let's see, there are Craig Volden, professor of public policy and politics at the Frank Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy at the University of Virginia, Alan Wiseman from Vanderbilt. Anyway, these guys put together a report on how committee chair term limits on the Republican side in the House made a difference. And what they found is that the amount of power that these politicians have when they're in the House jumps when they become a committee chair, of course, right, from being a rank-and-file member. And the reason why they measured this is they had like 15 metrics that show the power and influence of a member of Congress. And they said that the uh, committee chairs in their first three terms are about four and a half times as powerful as the average lawmaker, right, which is pretty striking. But then those in their fourth through sixth terms, and this is from the period before tournaments, averaged about six times as powerful as a typical lawmaker. I mean, it's another, it's, uh, another step up in power once they hit that mark uh, after being in there for basically that 10 years. And uh, they, they didn't use the word power. They used the word effectiveness, by the way, because they judged solely by passage of legislation. I think that we don't see eye to eye on that. But the point is, though, you can see that the power of these guys jumps when they get to the committee chair, of course, that's why we need to limit them. And then after they've been in the, the committee chair for a long time, their power is so incredible in the House that it jumps it jumps again. And um, I think just is another bit of evidence that uh, that these committee chairs, term limits, as inadequate they are compared to real term limits, are nonetheless an important reform based on the same principles as what we're trying to achieve for the entire body. So I'm going to give it two cheers and a half, maybe two and a half. Okay, I'll give it half a cheer. But... Did, okay. did you, well, that adds up to three. Did you know that uh, committee chairmanships in Congress are awarded on the basis of uh, knowledge and education and subject matter expertise and, mer- <laughs> and, and, and merit? Wait a minute. Did you know that? Is that new? Is that new? No, that's not true at all. They're awarded based on who's willing to bribe the political party behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the leaders of both parties actually put a list. They, uh, they tack a list to a bulletin board in the back rooms of Congress that has the name of the committee chairmanship as well as the price, the size of the bribe that you have to confer on the leadership in order to get that chairmanship. 
And of course, you have to raise that money from all of the special interests who have business in front of the committee. So that's true. Nick is not not exaggerating here. He's this is literally the truth. There's two major factors that go into your uh, getting a chairmanship like this, and one is tenure, and the next is your demonstrated fundraising ability, and that is in demonstrated fundraising ability in terms of actual numbers that the party keeps track of. It's astounding how dysfunctional our Congress is and how warped that system is. And if you ever want to see someone uh, not get to spend 12 years on that committee as the chairman, watch what happens when they stop fundraising because, you know, Kevin McCarthy kicks them off that committee immediately as soon as the money dries up. Right. You're saying it limited their effectiveness. You know, I had a reporter call me one time about term limits, and there there was a new study that had just come out, and he said... There's a study, and it says when legislators have term limits, they pass fewer laws, and they are, <laughs> they, are they are much less effective as as legislators, as politicians. What do yeah. you have to say to that? I just said, you're welcome. Yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> Indeed. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The term limits convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the term limits movement. To check on the status of the term limits convention resolution in your state, go to termlimits.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to turnlimits.com slash donate. Termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. Find us on most social media at U.S. Term Limits. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and now TikTok. U.S.T.L. U.S.T.L.